Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to Grown Up Kids and Day 4 of Podness. Yep, exciting stuff. This episode is sponsored by Emily Kalotai. That sounds right. That's a cool last name. I'm Katie. And I'm Megan. And today we're being joined by a return guest. Hello, Samantha. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you guys? Excellent. Good. Yep. Feeling exhausted about <laughs> doing Podmas, but... We're four days in, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's going to happen. We're excited. All right. So today we're going to be discussing the Shaggy Dog, which is actually a really fun one. I talked to my mom about this this uh, at lunch today, and she said that she loved this movie whenever she was younger. So I didn't realize that it was an older movie. I Because in my head, I'm like, oh, Tim Allen, he did the Shaggy Dog. But there's actually like two, there's like three total versions, I believe. So when I was a kid, um, my grandma, like, this movie came out in, like, 2006. I'm sorry, the Tim Allen version. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was watching it. My grandma comes in. And she's like, no, we have to watch the <laughs> original, too. So we watched both. I love That's that. That's cute. I love that. All right. So it's time for the 30-second Disney, Disney Dash. This is going to be fun. I didn't prep one. I never prep one. I know, but anymore. I do. So it's going to be would you like to go first? Sure. Oh, it might help if I pull up a stopwatch. Alrighty. Come on, um, phone, work with me. Are you ready? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Get set. Go. So we have the boys from Old Yeller, who now are in a different movie. One is obsessed with rockets and shoots one out of the house. Uh, dad hates dogs, but then the, the Wilbur... Wilbur? Okay, yep, the older boy, he gets this curse and he turns into a dog and then um, he has to undo it, but then they discover this whole spy plot and then the dad likes dogs. What's his name? Wilby. Wilby. Okay, let's, I was close. Not a dog. I was close. (laughs) I knew it was Wilb something. Wilb. I should have just said Wilb. We'll call him Wilb, Yeah. Would you like to go next? Do you want to go last? Yeah, I can go next. Okay. On your hold on. Okay. Oh, Wait, hold. Oh, okay, okay. Got some okay, coffee okay. down. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this gets real intense. Anyone who's never done a 30 second Disney Dash, you don't understand. Okay. Ready? Yes. Set. Go. Wilby Daniels accidentally acquires a magical ring after a trip to a museum. He discovers an inscription on the ring that he reads and then turns into his new neighbor's dog. Wilby transforms between dog and human, all while trying to avoid his dog-hating father. Wilby accidentally stumbles upon a spy ring in his dog form. Heroics and hijinks ensue. Wilby saves the day, no one gets the girl, and the dog-hating Mr. Daniels is suddenly dog-loving Mr. Daniels. <laughs> 22 <laughs> seconds that was a perfect back of a dvd co- cover yeah sure. that was great for sure i got no through one it gets the girl. <laughs> <laughs> i love it <clears throat> mine's gonna be so bad are you ready, are you ready? No. set go a boy named Wilby gets cursed and turns into a dog and he can't control it and his little brother's stoked because he's always wanted a dog. Moochie. Moochie. Um, the dad hates dogs, almost shoots his son as a dog. 
Uh, then they find out that there's this big, huge, random plot of like a spy and things getting stolen, and Wilby has to try and tell his dad how to stop the bad guys and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That was 25 <laughs> seconds. Good job. That was not a good job, but I appreciate it. Alrighty, so some history on the Shaggy Dog. Um, it's in black and white, which threw me off because, like, many a movies before this have <laughs> been in color, so that was kind of random. Um, but it's a 1959 film about Wilby Daniels, who's a t- teenage boy with the power who by the power of an enchanted ring is transformed into a shaggy old English sheepdog. Um, my grandparents had an English sheepdog growing up, so it's super cute. Like that one? Yeah. Patches was its name. So, um, my family tells me I have this disease. Like I see a dog and I want the dog. (laughs) So now my like new thing is I want an old English sheepdog because of this movie. (laughs) They're so cute. They are. I understand that feeling. I get, like, really caught up in, like, something I'm doing. Like, I'll go to a concert and be like, oh, my God, I have to get a t-shirt, even if it's, like, not a band I follow all the time or something like that. She does that all the time. I totally get it. Except I'm like (laughs) that with cats. Is it, like, a Hufflepuff thing? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. (laughs) We just get really involved. Mm Mm-hmm. You guys are good at at finding things, so maybe you're just good at finding (laughs) pet-worthy dogs and cats. Maybe. Could be. Alrighty. So, it's actually based on the story The Hound of Florence by Felix Salton, who is also the author of Bambi. Katie, did you add that in? Thank Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't write that. Um, (laughs) It is directed by Charles Barton and stars Fred McMurray, Tommy Kirk, Gene Hagen, Ken Corcoran, Kevin Corcoran, and Annette Funicello. Who is a Mouseketeer. Like, who's a very famous Mouseketeer. Mm-hmm. She is, like, one of the most popular Mouseketeers from, like, the original series. Walt loved her. Um, obviously loved her so much, he put her in feature films. Um, Katie and I, when we were in Disneyland Paris, fun fact, there's an Annette's Diner in downtown Disney there. So that was kind yeah. of cool. It's a cool nod to her. Uh <laughs> And this was Walt's first live-action comedy. Mm-hmm. I think he did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Walt Disney Productions also filmed a sequel in 1976 to this called The Shaggy D.A. It was followed by a 1987 television sequel, a 1994 television remake, and a 2006 live-action theatrical remake. So people love this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a really cute concept, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> It is. Yeah, I feel like it's something that's revisited in other ways as well, but like... The human know. turning into an animal and, and having to figure it having out. an adventure and having to figure out how to get back to them nor- their normal selves. Or like, not even just an animal, but just like, the concept of... Like, I'm thinking... Um, Oh, shoot, what is it? The movie with Jennifer Garner, and she goes, like, back in time. 13 going on 30. 13 going on 30. Oh, she goes forward in time, actually. But, like, you know, like, that's kind of a similar concept, right? Like, she puts herself in this situation and has to figure out how to go back. Yes. So, I was reading, um, like, actually, right before this, that in, like, 1959, I think, when the movie was made, that this concept of 
a teenager turning into a dog was actually really considered like avant-garde because like it was mostly just an adult being turned into an animal or something like that before i was expecting the dad to be the one that turned into the dog because i'd never seen this movie before this is the first time i watched it and i was like oh how typical he's gonna he's like allergic to dogs he hates them like he's gonna be the one that changes but it was actually the kid and i liked that because then it was like the kid had to stay away from his dad and try and i don't know and then he ended up ended up changing his dad's opinion about dogs which is really cool maybe you're confused because in the tim allen version i believe he is the dad of the series mm -hmm. he is the dog i think that maybe but i've never seen that either but i did know that he was the one that turned into the dog so that's probably why i assumed that yeah all right we're ready for some fun facts yeah okay so as meg said this is the first live action feature comedy produced by walt disney it's also the first Disney feature film made entirely in black and white. The main reason of this was because a lot of those special effects that we saw in there would look way too obvious in color. I know a lot of them still looked obvious, but that's just because we're now in 2018, (laughs) not in the 1950s. But you could see how some of those things really would not have been pulled off had it been color. Um, so the dog looked really good. I thought he did, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it made me laugh For at 1959? But at, at other points, I'm like, okay, is it a puppet, or are they making the dog's mouth move? Like, the fact that it made me question it, yeah, it means they did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. There's only, like, a handful of times where I was like, wait, I'm pretty sure that is the real dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually the puppet. So, yeah, Same. they did great. Same. Um, so this is the first of six. I saw on another website, seven, not sure, um, Walt Disney Films starring Fred McMurray. Is that Will? That's what the dad. What is his name? Will be. Wilson. Will be. Fred McMurray, no, I believe, okay, is the dad. No, okay, so Wilson, Fred McMurray, does he, yeah. does he not look like Pierce Brosnan? Yes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> That's why he looks familiar. Yeah, like as soon as he came on screen, I was like, what? James Bond? He couldn't have been in this movie. That timing doesn't make sense. <laughs> but then, like, as I saw his face better, I'm like, oh, okay, he is a different person. But it looked just like him. It was yeah, weird. It weirded me out. So much more sense now. <laughs> I thought the same thing, and then Meg said it, and I was like, yes! <laughs> that was, like, literally the first thing I said when the movie started. Mm hmm. So, Fred McMurray is widely regarded as the highest highest paid actor in Hollywood. I don't know if that's ever doubtful. Probably, Probably during the time. time. Right. So, this film cost about a million dollars to make, but it earned over eight million on its first release. And it took the studio by surprise and ended up changing the course of Disney's live action features for years to come. So, I thought that that might be the case. Because up until this point... All of the Disney live-action films had been historical, they were dramas, they were adventures, like, they, zero comedy. But to me, Disney is has comedy. So I was like, when is that going to come in? Right. Because, you know, if you think, like, The Parent Trap is coming up, and Babes in Toyland, um, I'm trying to think of, like, other, like, The Castaways, uh, I, I don't know, like... Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, all of those, like, super famous live-action films that, like, I know of are comedies. So it's cra- it, it was cool to, like, see the turning point. And, like, clearly this was successful where they were, like... Let's do that again. Because, because like, if you think back to all of the live-actions that we've seen up till this point, I don't think very many of them did that well. 
No. Not like this. No. You know, like this one, like, look, that's a $7 million earnings, you know? So, and in that time, that is a ton. I mean, like, nowadays you're like, oh, movies make a billion dollars. But it's like, you know, 1959. Right. I'm trying to... Homeward Bound. That's oh, another one. Yes. I'm just trying to look at it just Herbie. Has, Herbie is a comedy. It just has a completely different feel. Like, yes, it's live action, but it's not Rob Roy. It's live action, but it's not uh, Sword in the Rose. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's well, not Well, those were, historical. like, actual historical right. stories he was trying to recreate. Or, like, even if you look at Treasure Island, there were moments in that movie that were funny, but it wasn't a comedy. It was like an adventure right. film. Right. Drama. Adventure. There might have been a good zinger, but like it wasn't yeah. a laugh the whole time. So this makes sense because I was wondering when this was going to happen because like I've said three times already in the past <laughs> two minutes, like to me, Disney was comedy. Like there's always comedy in, in the films that are popular and that do well. So it was just like. I think maybe that has been my hang-up on live-actions for so long, up until this point. They weren't, like, what I knew of Disney live-action films. Weren't relatable to you. I guess. Or I don't know. didn't grow on you. Um, so, I can see this fun fact. Uh, the Shaggy Dog was first proposed as a TV series to the ABC network. I can kind of see it being more of a TV thing. I could see it working for TV very easily. Yeah. So the first thing I said when we started watching it was, this feels incredibly Leave it to Beaver, if anyone's yeah. seen that show. I mean, the mom sounds identical to the mom on Leave it to Beaver. Yeah. It's got two sons. They go on an adventure. The dad is a little um, a little tough love, but still loving. He really annoyed me, but <laughs> we'll get to that when we go to characters. <laughs> um, so the ABC Network was already airing um, Disney's Zorro the Mickey Mouse Club, and it was still running the Disneyland program. So they rejected the idea of the Shaggy Dog as a series, but Disney decided decided to produce a feature film using that concept. Um, so Bill Walsh, who had worked as a producer on much of Disney's early TV content, he created a screenplay um, suggested by The Hound of Florence that Meg brought up before. Um... And they went on to write screenplay, or he went, Walsh went on to write screenplays for a number of Disney live action features, including Mary Poppins and The Love Bug, which you just said, Love Bug is Herbie, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins. that's a comedy as well. They're both funny. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there, guys. I know. Um, it isn't a surprise that the cast of the Shaggy Dog is mostly made up of teen stars from Disney TV shows. That so, sounds familiar even today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that includes um, Kirk and Considine. I don't know if that's how you say his name. Oh, the two boys from Old Yeller and mm -hmm. now this. So they've, they've been well known to TV as stars of the Hardy Boys. Oh. Um, they were also, this is also the second time they played brothers because they appeared in Old Yeller, if anyone recognized them from them, from that movie. Um, they were also, or go, are going to be, in Swiss Family Robinson, Bon Voyage, Savage Sam, all these films that have a lot of recurring people because Walt just loves to love someone. <laughs> he does that. Yeah. Um, so, as Meg pointed out, Annette Funicello has a small role in this movie, and she may have been the most popular youngster in the, in the cast in 1959 because of the Mickey Mouse Club. 
So I got pretty excited when she came on TV or on the screen. She was like, that's Annette. That's Annette. (laughs) (laughs) She's just so like well known and yeah, she's, she's a pretty iconic. Yes. We have this diner, um, out here in Winston where I live. And, uh, first time my boyfriend took me in there like they have the walls covered with pictures and I like look right at the one in the middle I was like that's Annette Finicello and he's like who and I was like (laughs) we're gonna have a long conversation when we get home (laughs) that's awesome I thought it'd be cool to point out that this was made during the cold war just Mm -hmm. to put some history in here and it does incorporate some undertones of the cold war with the missiles the spies plans like that yes I am, like, the biggest history nerd, and so, like, when, like, first five minutes of the movie, there's a missile, I'm like, yeah, you could definitely tell this was made, like, Cold War era. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah, yeah great. I, I like when there's, like, little hidden things like that, and maybe you don't realize it right away, and then later on, you're like, oh, that's so cool. Like, goes with the times? Yeah. Um. So, the Shaggy Dog also features a rare on-camera appearance by Paul Freeze. So, Paul Freeze is mostly an off-screen voice for many of the Disney TV shows, movies, and theme park attractions. So, he's also the opening... No. He's also the opening narration for this movie. Um, but, you might know him as the ghost host in the Haunted Mansion. What? And he's various voices in Pirates of the Caribbean. The ride. That's epic. I know. I got really excited when I saw that. But I don't know who he was in this movie. The ghost host. That's cool. <laughs> oh, I thought she meant he was the ghost host <laughs> in the movie. So he was the psychiatrist. Oh. When they, with the dad. Oh, Got thank it. you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently there is a humorous nod to Annette Funicello with Annette full of jello. Wait, Annette full of jello. Oh my oh, gosh, oh, oh. Muppet Annette Vision 3D. Is, yeah, is incorporated into the pre-show waiting area for Muppet Vision 3D at Walt Disney World's Disney's Hollywood Studios theme park. I don't know how much longer we're going to have Muppet Vision 3D, so if anybody's interested to see that, you should probably go and see it. Yeah, and find <laughs> this and somehow let me see it, because I probably won't get back there before that's gone. I think that they're, like, just talking to each other before you go in. The characters are, like, talking to each other in the pre-show, and one of them mentions something about, like, a net full of jello. Maybe I do remember that now. It's funny. Mm. And lastly, Meg already said this, um, this movie did inspire a sequel in the 1970s. It did go on TV in the 1990s, and then a remake in the theaters in the 2000s. Yep. Popular film. Um, okay, so some characters. First off is Wilby, who, who is Wilby, <laughs> Tommy Kirk, uh, plays Wilby. Mm-hmm. So he's the older brother. He is the brother that turns into the shaggy dog. He curses himself with the ring from the museum. Um, I think that he's a good actor. Yeah, I You like know, him. like, sometimes, not that... to bring up Bobby Driscoll again, but, like, not that Bobby Driscoll was a bad actor, but, like, you can tell that, like, those were his first things that he did. But, like, Tommy Kirk seems a little bit more seasoned in acting to me. Um, he just, like, flows better with his lines. I, I like him. I like him, too. And he, like, 
plays the role of big brother really well. Like, he's just good at that role. Yeah, I agree. Yes. There was that point in the movie when uh, Moochie was in the bushes calling for Wilby, and, like, he's got the collar, and Wilby walks up behind him, and I was like, that is something my brothers would do to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's such a perfect brother thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so we have been requested to bring back the sorting of characters. Ooh, ooh. So, Wilby Daniels... He's, he's okay. Sorry. No, no go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say he's kind of tough. In my notes, I literally have will be equals Neville because oh. he was kind of clumsy, and then like we see him progress and grow kind of yeah. into that Gryffindor like Neville did. I, like I will that. accept that. I like it. Wilby's a Gryffindor. He's also an Animagus. <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> <is>. yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, next up we have Wilson Daniels, who's Wilby's dad. Uh, so, Wilson. Oh, Wilson. <laughs> Bridesmaid, <laughs> shout out. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, Wilson is everything I hate about dads from that time of the, uh, of the century. I just, I can't stand it. He seems so uninterested in his kids' lives. He doesn't want... He doesn't want Wilby to be doing what he loves. Like, I understand, like, clearly he he made quite a mess and really messed up the house <laughs> with his racket. But that doesn't mean that you tell a kid to get rid of absolutely everything in the basement. Like, that is what he loves to do. You're basically hindering him from becoming, like, some sort of engineer or something, possibly, in the future, right? That is so frustrating to me. And then also, whenever Moochie is trying to tell him about what's going on, he says to his younger son basically how dim-witted his older brother is and how stupid he is and like oh of course he came up with this story like that just bothers me to no end i mean thankfully he kind of redeems himself at the end but at the same time he almost doesn't because he's like taking all this credit like getting being in these photographs and in all these articles when like it wasn't even him it was his son bothers me Yes, same. Yes. <laughs> the thing that drove me absolutely nuts is when Wilby finally tells his dad, like, that he's a dog or whatever, and he doesn't move his head from that paper. Yeah. I'm like, I know it was for acting purposes, you know, but at the same time, you could have made him, like, put the paper down or something, but yeah. it, like, annoyed me so badly. Again, like, disinterested. Like, he didn't mm -hmm. really even, like, care about what he was saying. Just like, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, go run off and play now. And, like, no compromises at all. Like, you're, like, I get you're allergic. I'm just saying I'm allergic to cats and I have four of them, okay? Like, you, if you love animals, you love animals. Your son wants a dog so bad. You can't, like, try and find a hypoallergenic dog. I know those existed back then. They did. It just really bothers me. Like, why does he get his way in all ways, you know? Meg's on the soapbox today. Patriarchy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, it just bothers me. I'm going to put him as just a muggle. Uncle Garnet. <sighs> yeah. I just really, I really didn't like how he basically, like, took credit for all of it. Yeah, that sucks. It was just... He's a squib. <laughs> squib. He is. 
All right. Frida Daniels. This is the mom. She's a sweetheart. I like, I like her. The mom. Like you said, she's like the mom from Leave It to Beaver. Um, and she really is because she like kind of hides things from her husband yeah. that have to do with her sons. Mm-hmm. Or she kind of makes me think of, not quite, but kind of like the mom from the um, A Christmas Story. Yeah. Where she's like, again, protects her boys, doesn't always have to give in and tell her husband, whatever. So, like, there's a dog in the kitchen, and she's like, what dog? What, what, dog? what kind of dog? No. <laughs> so, I liked her. I, she's like a Hufflepuff. She provides food. She's <laughs> kind. She's loyal to her sons. I'll go Hufflepuff. I'll take her. You'll take mm-hmm. her. I'll take her. All right. Next up is Allison, who's played by Annette. Poor Allison. <sighs> yeah. Yep. She sat in that car when we first see her on screen, and Buzz gets out of the car and then, like, starts just staring at the new girl. She sat in the car way longer than I would have. Oh, I would have yeah. been, like, bye way before that. Yeah. No. She, I liked her, though. Yeah, She's she a had a very minimal, a minimal role, but, like, an important role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also liked how she kind of did start liking Wilby at that dance, though. Yeah. That made me smile yeah but then at, at the end when they're like finally like we should give her like some more of our attention she just blows him off with this new hot dude in this car i gotta say she is a little slytherin-y to me yes i like it i i agree with this Slytherin. like she knew she was better than those two yeah she's she was after it and then when that guy was like do you know them and she's like oh them they're just two kids from the neighborhood. Or two yeah, children. Two children from the Burn! Neighborhood. Yeah, that was great. Um, Buzz Miller. Ugh. You want to know who he reminds me of? A jerk? Buzz from Home Alone. Doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Must be the name. Except Buzz Lightyear, forever in my heart. He's cool. Yeah. It's funny that you say it must be the name because I feel I was literally thinking uh, that. Every time you see a character named Buzz, they're probably, like, the poop emoji like this Buzz was. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, Perfect except Buzz Lightyear. He is, like, an anomaly in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, oh, he God. is a beep. He's a jerk. <laughs> I don't like him. He's just, all. like, I mean, he's just constantly trying to... He's a player. He's a player, and then... He, like, tries to play the girls with the trick, and then yeah. he ropes Wilby into it, and then he tries to play it off like it was all Wilby's idea, and he's the hero. You know, no. The girls don't fall for it, though. No. But mm-hmm. I don't need someone like that in my life. No. I'm just glad that the girls are smart. Yes, Samantha. I feel like that was kind of another quintessential, like, 50s moment that we have, like, where yeah. he thinks, you know, I'm a man, so, you know, yep. I'm, I can do this versus you know they're women they're not going to care they're not going to realize what's going on yeah playing the girls is stupid yeah he's thinking the girls are stupid enough to fall in his trap and Mm -hmm. yeah um next up is moochie cute little moochie moochie where do they come up with these names well montgomery (laughs) i know moochie (laughs) it's cute it is cute it's just like i swear oh wait buzz what house is he he doesn't get a house Durmstrang. I'm not gonna lie. I I think he might be Slytherin, and I, I really hate it. But I think he is. He's the bad kind of. He Slytherin. is. He's, He's like the one Draco that gives you Slytherin. The bad rep. Yeah, 
I agree. But I think he is. He's unfortunately ambitious to take on all of those girls at the dance and yet cunning, super cunning in trying to get them to like fall into his scheme. He's the bad kind of cunning. Yes. And the way he's always having like Willby give him money. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Yeah, unfortunately, he's... Do you go to book for gas? No. No. <laughs> what did tell him to go take a walk? <laughs> cut somebody's grass for a dollar? <laughs> Alright, Moochie. Um, I liked him better in this movie than I did in Old Yeller. I agree. I think he had a bigger role in this film than Old Yeller. Like, Old Yeller, he was literally just the little brother who was kind of annoying. Whereas in this film, he, like played more of a purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was too whiny and old yeller for me. Yeah. But this one, he was cute. He actually had a purpose. He he drove part of the story, you know? So yeah. I think I liked him better. Yeah. I'd put him as a little Gryffindor, I think. Yeah. I think Gryffindor. I, like, absolutely love child actors, like, in the 50s. Yeah. Like, they were just so cute. Like, I feel like they're always going, oh, gee, mister. Like, that's just the cutest thing. <laughs> yeah, he's really cute. Oh, gee whiz. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next up is Professor Plumcut. He is the one who is putting the exhibition together at the museum and is absolutely zero help to Wilby when he comes asking for help. Yeah, this dude's like... It's like, he randomly is just like, yeah, so have you ever heard of shapeshifters? And then he comes back, he's like, oh my god, I thought you would be a shapeshifter, good luck! <laughs> and then that's all we see of him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, his whole purpose was to just explain how we'll be turned into the dog. Yeah. yeah. And he, it, like, uh, it annoyed me so badly that I actually, like, wrote down the quote. He's just like, be happy and keep a stiff upper lip. Like, you're so helpful. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I'll just keep turning back into a dog and a human Yeah. at any given time. No big deal. I kind of place him in Ravenclaw, though, um, because he's got, like, the... He's, like, a combination of somebody who is, like, so wise... But also has, like, a little bit of Luna in them. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> so he's, like, a good, you know, like, he's that kind of Ravenclaw, where he's just a little airy. But, like, he's got all the knowledge there, but he's just a little airy about it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right. I can't remember who this is. Dr. Velasky. Is that the guy who's, like, the spy? Oh, that's Francesca's dad. Francesca's dad. Okay. That's what I thought, but then I got thrown off because their last names were different. Yeah. Um, You think he's cool, then he's not. He's a spy. Yeah. He's doing bad stuff. Can I just say was not where I expected this movie to go? No. I was like, oh, spies. Okay. I thought we were having, like, this cute, like, dog thing happening, and now all of a sudden we're in, like top secret government things okay right okay (laughs) yeah unless that's how the book goes i don't know maybe i should read the book um i would put him he doesn't get a house either i 
It, it's okay to put bad guys in my house. I think he's a Slytherin, too, because he's a spy. He's pretty cunning. I don't know if he's a Slytherin. <sighs> he's ambitious for taking that on. Yeah, I'm going to go Slytherin, too. I think he's really ambitious and yeah, cunning. Durmstrang. <laughs> I I appreciate that you don't want to put evil people in my house. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, <laughs> lastly, we've got Francesca. So, oh, she phone, she phone. Her little like French thing kind of bothered me. Yeah, because she didn't keep it up. <laughs> it was just like it just seemed really random. Yeah. And, like, it didn't really fit in the storyline at all. Like, it was just, like, this thing about her. It was, like, oh, to, like, I just, I don't know. It just was weird. It was. Yeah, it was. You're right. But, yes. <laughs> I didn't particularly like her, like, the French thing and then just kind of the way she treated the butler. And I'm, like, I don't like you. Yeah, she was a, it's, like, I wanted to like her for a while, but then, like, I just didn't yeah mm-hmm. yeah i feel like you didn't really need her in the story i know that like that was her dog but i don't know i feel like that is really her only purpose in the story is that she was the she was the owner of the dog yeah <laughs> you know um yeah, I just didn't like her. i did think it was funny though when um buzz and Wilby went over there in the very beginning to bring back her dog and they're like him, me, bring dog to you. And then, like, the dad comes over and she's like, oh, these two Indian boys brought back my dog. They're like, no, no, no. We just didn't think you spoke English. Oh. Awkward. Political correctness in the 50s was non-existent, but that's okay. Yep. It's not okay, but, you know. Yep. It was there. Uh, I don't know where to place her. I, I'm, I feel like maybe Ravenclaw because she seemed like she was very intelligent. She knew seven languages and like yeah, she knew all those pieces that her father had and all the pieces at the museum too. Yeah, I feel like maybe Ravenclaw. I could go with that. I mean, her dad's like a doctor and stuff too, so. Maybe she would follow in his footsteps, but hopefully not be a spy. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. That's all the characters, I think. Yep. Unless we would just want to talk about the big shaggy dog himself. Well, it's Wilbur. What is no. this? Oh my God, Wilby. <laughs> Why can I not? Meg. No, the dog is a dog. What is it? The chiffon. 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 Mm-hmm. I tried so hard to find information about, like, who played this dog. I couldn't find anything. Like, Oh, man, usually there is a lot, too. You know, I, I look up fun facts, but there was nothing. I couldn't find yeah. anything, either. There is something about... Um, we got the kid who played Wilby and the kid who played Moochie. They're just two brothers who are meant to get a dog in the end of a movie. Yeah, right. Do they have... Do they get a dog in the other three movies they play brothers in? <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I found him. Yeah. His name was his name was Sam. Oh, <laughs> Sam, that's perfect. <laughs> that's cute. Um, so he was an old English sheepdog, 
um, who was born in Denver, Colorado, and he belonged to Mrs. Billy Anderson, who paid $500 for him when he was two months old. It's a lot in that time. There's like, there is, there's like a whole bunch of information in this one website about him. It's pretty cool. My grandma, whenever she got her English sheepdog, they went to the pound to pick a puppy out. And they told them that it was, like, some sort of spaniel and it would be little. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let me just tell you, Patches was not a little dog. (laughs) Looked just like Chiffon. That's crazy. Yeah. This is that Walt had, like, viewed more than 20 Old English sheepdogs. Wow. Yeah. He's picky. Walt is picky. He said that each of them had exhibited the contemporary curse of the breed, degrees of neurosis that varied from uh, geared and dingy to cowardly and emotionally unstable. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine Walt going up to, like, an owner and being like, your dog is too emotionally unstable. They cannot play this role. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this dog was Sam, was very, very well-trained. You could tell he was super smart, because he was doing, like, a ton of stunts. Yeah. So, very cool. Shout out to Sam. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And I couldn't tell when it was a puppet or a dog most of the time. Yep. There was some times where I was like, yeah... But then other times I was like, I don't know. I know. All right. Favorite parts? All right. Favorite character is going to be Wilby for me. Um, He's just, he just is, like I said, he like plays that older brother role really well in this film. And I love how he... He, like, does a really good job transitioning between, like, boy and dog. Like, those in-between moments are just, like, really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, a favorite scene, I think, is going to be at the dance when he's turning into a dog. And he <laughs> he's, like, dancing. And I'm like, how are people not realizing that they're grabbing <laughs> a paw? Yeah, because one of his hands was a paw. Right. I saw it. It just killed me. It just made me laugh. So. I'm gonna go Wilby is also my favorite. Because he's just, he's more lovable of a bigger brother, in, of a big brother in this movie. Yes, I think that's why I liked him so much more in this one. Because he was kind of a jerk in Old Yeller. Well, he, the time, he kind of had to be. He had to be. He didn't have to be anything, Katie. He had to take care of his family. He had okay. to have skin. Okay. Okay. Um. And, I mean, he makes a really cute dog. And he was funny. So, why not? And my favorite scene is, honestly, any scene where the dog was doing anything that a human would do. Like, when it was, he was brushing his teeth. And gargling. And trying to put on pajama pants. Gargling was pretty <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. And then seeing mm-hmm. a dog drive. Oh. And then also any time that the police officers were involved. Because every time... What was his name? Officer Hansen. Yeah. I always, I was like, this poor guy. He thinks he's going nuts. <laughs> and then finally he's like, I gotta face it. I gotta face it. Yeah. Um, my favorite character was also Wilby. Um, like you guys said, he, he plays that big brother well, so, like, big brother role so well. He really reminded me of, like, my little brothers and my older cousins. It's something, you know, they would have done to me. Um, and then my favorite scene is 
the very, very beginning of the movie when they're launching off the missile and Mrs. Um, the the parents are sitting in the, the dining room eating breakfast and everything starts shaking and they start to run out and the mom's like, well, grab something. <laughs> yeah. He looks around and he he's absolutely dumbfounded. Yeah, he grabs like the the most valuable thing in the room. <laughs> oh my god. And it's metal, so like it's not gonna break or right. anything if it falls yeah. off the table. Yeah, that was great. Um, okay, least favorite. Wait, I have one thing to say. What? I said this to Meg while I was watching the film, but when the rocket came shooting through the house, I did the same thing in The Sims back in the day. It did not end well. She killed her sim. My whole house caught on fire. It didn't shoot through the roof. It just lit everything on fire. So don't do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. I miss being able to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Least favorite Uh, character for me is going to have to be a tie between the dad and Buzz. I, I I can't pick between them. They are both... The epitome of what's wrong with men in the 50s, and I can't stand it. The younger version and the older version. Yeah, and my least favorite scene, while I enjoyed seeing Wilby dance at the dance at the country club that they went to, I also just really hated what Buzz did there, so it, like, just kind of put a damper on that whole scene for me. It just really bothered me how he was like, oh, they won't notice. I'll just play it off. Like, I'm just going with both of them, and I'll lie to both of them at different times, and You better me. sit up front with me, because the back is murder on the hair. Right. Get okay. over yourself, Buzz. Yeah. My least favorite is probably the last scene when the, well, one of the last scenes when the dad is, like, sitting there with the dog, taking credit for everything, and then they're like, why don't you have your son come in? And then, like, he just grabs the younger son, and, like, the dad's not like, no, let's get the whole family. Like, again, we're shooing Wilby to the side, we're thinking he's dumb. That's not fair. And and he did all the work. Not you. Yep. Disappointed in that father. Who's your least favorite character? The dad? Oh, I didn't say that. Uh, actually, it's Buzz. Yeah. But closely followed by the dad. Yeah, I'm on Team Buzz. I don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> He's he annoyed me. Yeah. I would not still be friends with him. Nope. That was, like, one thing I wondered through the whole thing. I was like, why are you still friends with him? Like, he's just using you. But. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> uh, Boys. My least, <laughs> my <laughs> least favorite scene was when the dad was shooting at the dog. Yeah. Oh my god. I, yeah. Any sort of like violence toward animals in any way, it like I just like I automatically hate that character. Like you're just evil. I agree. I can't handle that. Mhm. I'm glad you ruined your shirts with your shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What did we take away from the movie? Or, like, what's our favorite theme from it? Hmm. Um, listen to your kids. <laughs> they're not always playing make-believe. And they're not always stupid. Like, you have to have good judgment. You know? I mean, you ha- you, sh- you have to be able to tell when they're you know, being kids and when they're being serious. 
it just bothers me how much he pushed that aside. Regardless, even if he wasn't being serious, like, your kid clearly clearly is maybe Wants trying your attention. to play with you and get your attention. Right. And, yeah, I agree. I'm gonna take away that... Um, oh, also, don't steal from museums. <laughs> he didn't steal. It's all in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh yeah and that guy was like thanks for bringing it back (laughs) and he's like wait what about me I'm a dog (laughs) Um, I'm gonna take away that sometimes things happen for a reason like why did this kid get turned into a dog well he ended up over here in this thing and stopping theft and other bad stuff bad spies right yeah Uh, my takeaway is that you shouldn't judge like animals based on what another one has done. Yes. So, um, yeah. like, there's a point in the movie where he says to Frida, or Frida says to him something about a, a Pekingese bite or something like that. Yeah. And uh, so you could tell, like, he has bad, you know, blood between him and dogs, but, you know, even in the beginning when he's like, well, this dog's horrible, but it saved a person. Right. So I think he should have yeah. just, instead of hating all dogs, should have just took a step back and realized that there are more dogs like Chiffon than the little Pekingese. I'm yeah. going to snowball that into human beings as well. Just mm-hmm. because one person is a bad person doesn't mean that's a reflection of all other people or perhaps that race or perhaps that religion. That's not fair. Yep. And I cannot stand that. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. Yep. <sighs> all right guys i'm kind of sad this dog. one's over because i really liked it mm-hmm. it made well. me laugh it was cute it i liked the change of tone mm-hmm. i hope that we continue with this it seems like we're going to yep another day of podmas complete yep well thank you for joining us samantha thank you yeah. for letting us push this back and for being such a trooper because you have to get up super early tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's worth it. It's Aww. so much fun. Thank you, guys. No, thank you. Yeah, seriously. Thank you. It's always great having you on. I love it. Is that it? Yeah. Are we done? I'm mm-hmm. sad. <sighs> All right. Goodbye, Chiffon. <laughs> so, grown-up kids. Oh, wait. Are we doing any Disney memory at all for Podmas? No. Oh, do you want to do, like, a Christmas memory really quick of ours? Oh, man, I didn't From Disney? One. You I do have one. one. Okay, you do one. Um, okay, so Katie and I, when we lived down in Florida, went to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party for the first time and had, like, a million cookies <laughs> and hot cocos, and we were so stuffed, but we still made time to sit on Main Street and watch the parade as it snowed, and it was the best night ever. Secret to the Christmas party. <laughs> I think it's just, like, the hot cocoa. I think it's just Swiss Miss. But they just put a ton of Swiss Miss in the water. Right. It's just, like, it's just water. I figured out the recipe. And I have never liked hot chocolate made with water. It's always got to be milk. But if you use water, just use two packs of Swiss Miss, and it's like you're drinking a Disney hot cocoa. Yeah, you have to, like, double the amount of powder you put in. Sugar (laughs) overload. But it's worth it. Fun facts you don't need to know. You're welcome. Yep. 
Alright, so Grown Up Kids can be found on Podbean, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. So make sure that you subscribe so you can be sure to get our latest episode as soon as it's available. And you're going to be getting a lot of notifications during Podmas. Yep. That lots of episodes are going up. Um, you can also find us on social media and join in on the conversation. We're on Facebook at Grown Up Kids at Disney Podcast. You can also join our Facebook group, which is just Grown Up Kids at Disney Podcast group. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Grown Up Kids Pod. And you can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Grown Up Kids Pod. If you head over to our Facebook discussion group, I've also posted a document with our entire list of movies that we'll be watching along with availability to be on the show with us. So make sure you check that out and comment, email, or message us with what movies you're interested in joining us on. So thank you so much for listening. Make sure to watch Darby O'Gill and the Little People ahead of tomorrow's episode. (laughs) And don't forget, adults are only kids grown up anyway. Happy Podmas! Woo! All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.